So just to recap a little bit, we've done three readings over this series, and they were all kind of big monumental moments in the history of the people of God. The first was the building of the tabernacle in the wilderness. And we talked about how in this, in this season of, of really um, desert wilderness, this season of, uh, of need, when God was having to hand feed the people because they weren't able to plant and, and reap and harvest and, and do those things, God is hand feeding them. He calls an offering in the midst of this lack. He says, hey, let's, let's bring the materials so we can build a, a tabernacle to worship me. And, and so Moses puts out a call to the people and, and they bring so much that Moses actually has to stop them and say, you know, well, we've got plenty to finish the job. You don't need to bring any more. Um, and we talked about how this set off not just an offering, but this reciprocal relationship between God and his people where God was meeting their very needs day by day with the manna and uh, they were advancing his kingdom with their efforts and gifts. And it was this reciprocal thing. And so we set off with our, with our manna words there in week one, locking down, God, this is what I need from you, even as I bring what I have to you. And then the, the last time we were together, we talked about the building of the temple, another uh, huge monumental time. They had come into the promised land and they had uh, gotten established. They had homes, they had farms, they had places to uh, plant and harvests to reap. And uh, God's presence was still in a tent. It was still uh, in the tabernacle like the wilderness. And so David had a vision to build a temple for God. Uh, and, and it wasn't his job to do, but he rounded up materials. And then just before he died, he, he called an offering. And he said, you know, bring everything. And we read this one last week. He said, bring the materials so my son can build the temple. And and the, the scribe recorded the tons and tons of gold and silver and all the things that the people brought. And David prays this amazing prayer, the center of which was, how can we give anything to you? This is all yours. Everything we have, you have given to us. Um, how can we hope to give anything to you? And yet, what we do have, we bring to you. And, and so they took this big offering. And then tonight, we read of the early church. Um, the just getting started, this tiny group of of people with no political power, no fame, no real wealth to speak of, starting a movement um, that they had no idea exactly where it was going to go. But right off the bat, they knew that it was about sharing. Right off the bat, they knew um, that they were going to need to use their resources to bless other people. That, that became part of the church's vision from day one. And it, and it seems to be something that... The, that Luke, when he wrote Acts, brought up again and again was the way these people shared their stuff to do the work of God. And so then we've been diving into our vision statement. We've spent some time uh, reading through our vision statement and breaking it down. Open Table Community Church is a community organized by and around the Word of God to cooperate in the mission of God of furthering the kingdom of God. We accomplish this by gathering in worship together around a common teaching and a common table, by living in fidelity to Christ and one another, and by working together to bring reconciliation to the four relationships broken by the fall. So we started off by digging through the statement to find our, our why. And we talked about how we want the why to be at the center of everything we do. That, that a lot of organizations start with the what. This is what we do. We have church services. And then they move into this is how we do it. This is our style but they, they never really lock into the why. This is exactly why we do it. And so we say we always want to 
build everything from the why out. We want to start with the why and then go to the how are we going to accomplish that why and then what kinds of things are we going to do to accomplish that why. And we decided from day one that our why was to build a community, to build a, a kingdom community of God's people um, who are together to be that, to be God's people and to advance God's kingdom. And while we're rehabbing our building, we're, we're doing it around a why. We're doing some, some things we've talked about that are, that are uh, counterintuitive for a church that size to, to build a wall to shrink the sanctuary. That doesn't seem typical nowadays. Nowadays, everything seems to be bigger and add more and, and, and more seats and more space and more services. And we're going the other direction because our why is not just more. Our why is community. It's to be together. And we knew we needed a community space to hang out. And, and we knew that that was important to us. And so we're letting our why shape the things that we're doing. And two weeks ago, we got into our how. How do we intend to accomplish this why? We dove into our vision statement even deeper and found that we get together in worship and teaching and the sacraments, a common table, and living faithfully to one another. We talked about how from day one of dreaming about this church, we were driven by the idea that we might be able to have a church that trusted in the power of Scripture, the power of worshiping together, the, the power of the sacraments and doing life together to change people. That we didn't have to change them. We didn't have to be the ones to, to insist that they conform to our model. That if we were faithful to the Scripture and we worshiped together and we trusted the Holy Spirit that He would do the work. We wondered if maybe we could make a place where people didn't have to clean up to come. They didn't have to pretend like they didn't have any doubts. They didn't have to pretend like they weren't struggling. They didn't have to pretend like they were 100% on board. They didn't have to pretend like they didn't have hang-ups and, and issues. They could drag themselves in here and be one of us. Not, not one of the ones that those of us who are on the inside kind of pat on the head, but one of us be truly in our community. We didn't do this because what you believe and, and the way you live isn't important to us. Those things are very important to us. We just honestly believe that if we gather together under a common teaching and a common tape, when we gather together in worship, the Holy Spirit will do the Holy Spirit's job. And we don't have to do that. We don't have to be the Holy Spirit for people. That if we just create a space where people could come, God would take care of the rest. So our how is more than just an agenda. It's a process that we believe has the power to actually change people. We don't have to make people confront uh, their issues. God will do that. They don't have to conform to something we think they should be. We focus on being a community and doing life together, and we allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. So tonight we're going to do things a little differently, um, because rather than discussing the philosophical and theological reasons we do what we do, Today we're going to dream a bit. We're going to look at what the future might look like for OTCC, the, the areas we think that it would be fun to take our church and the things that we think it would be cool to do. So I've kind of done this a little bit chronologically. Our immediate plans. <laughs> First of all, we need our space. That's, that's thing number one. We need to finish our building. Um, we are, uh, we've started into the rehab. We've torn in. We've actually got quite a bit done and we've, uh, we're in the process of kind of now breaking it down to essentials. Like this is what would have to get done um, in order for us to move in and start having services. Basically do what we currently do 
in that space. Maybe not do the things that we look forward to doing, but at least do the things we're currently doing in that space. And that means maybe not finishing the kitchen right up front. Dale cried, um, which I understood. It means maybe not finishing the office spaces right up front, but, you know, doing it in an order where we can get in as soon as possible because so much of our vision is dependent on having our space. And that's what we look forward to. So, um, so we're kind of working on that order so we can get the space done really as quickly as possible. My wife is saying Easter that she like whispers it in my ears. I'm falling asleep. Like, have the church done by Easter. Like every, every night. So uh, she's, uh, yeah, she's kind of driving that, um, subliminal stuff. But, um, but we're working on the, the, the essentials to get us in there right now. We're trying to get the, the, the sanctuary, the kids spaces, the, uh, the bathrooms, the things that we know we need, um, to get in. Because as soon as we are in, uh, we want to start phase two, some community outreach stuff. And this is where it gets exciting. Um, because having our own space, it opens the doors to do a lot more that we can't really do in a borrowed space. In a borrowed space, we're able to have church services, um, but not necessarily open the doors to the community um, and start to invite them in for other things. It gets a little bit tricky. And so we've been um, digging into the demographics a little bit. There's some exciting stuff. Wellsville's kind of turning around. I think some of the original inhabitants are getting old and moving out and younger people are moving in. Right now, the median age in Wellsville is 29. Um, so the people that I call kid are now the people who actually you know, kind of live there. Um, the biggest age group is 10 and under. So a lot of kids, which is super exciting for our ministry. Second biggest age group is 20 to 29-year-olds. So this is, a, this is a millennial community. Like this is everything we say about millennials is in Wellsville. So don't anybody freak out. Um, but, and a lot of the numbers match. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. Um, no, we, uh, we, uh, the numbers, some of the demographic numbers match what we expect of millennials. Right now in Wellsville, um, 15% of the town um, categorizes themselves as mainline Protestant. About 13% are um, evangelical Protestants. Really small spattering of Catholics and um, uh, uh, black Protestants. And then 64% don't classify themselves as Christian at all. Um, so it is a mission field. It's a, it's a town that needs church. They need people to reach out to them. So it's actually very exciting. Um, it's not like we're going into a place, you know, trying to cut out our little tiny piece of the pie. We're going to a place that needs us, that needs a church to open their doors to them and, and be church to them. So it's very, very exciting um, to look at that. Uh, so a big part of what we're doing is to open up um, not just a church service and a sanctuary, but hopefully become a community presence um, and, and to use our community space even up front with our, with our coffee set up and stuff where where people would, it might be a natural place for them to meet and have a meeting, come and sit on the couches and, and, and use our space for, for things like that. We want to open up, um, uh, we've got ideas we'd love to do. We wanted to do it here. It just never worked out. Um, we've got connection with a community of local artists and we would love to have, you know, local artists come and display their art on a rotation for a month or two months. Um, number one, it gives us free decorations. Number two, we put plaques with their names on it so they can, you know, 
if somebody's interested in their art, they can call them and, and buy some. And number three, in a town like Wellsville, there's not a lot of culture. There's nowhere to go if you, if you enjoy art. And if you're a 20 to 29-year-old millennial right now, that's a big thing. And so having the church open where people, and you know, you get on Facebook every time we rotate artists and you make an announcement, we've got a, a new artist if you want to come by the church and, and swing through and check out their art and put some stuff on there. And uh, what, what drives me crazy about the, the modern church is that we got away from, from the art that made us. Like if you look back in, in the old days, the church was the source of art. They commissioned and, and bought and inspired most of the art you know, for hundreds and a thousand years. And then the church got so pragmatic and practical that we got away from the aesthetic. We got away from, from the art. And so I think it's, it's an amazing thing for a church to just open up their doors and go, hey, come in and check out the art we get. It doesn't have to be Christian art. It's just good, you know, local art. And, and let some artists get their names out while we also become once again a, a hub of culture like, we, like the church used to be. We also think it'd be fun along with that in the summer. How many of you guys know what First Fridays is in the Crossroads? Anybody? Yeah, a lot of people. It'd be fun to do like a, probably not First Fridays because if they're 20 to 29 year olds, a lot of them probably go down to the Crossroads, but Second Fridays or something where we have, you know, we serve hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and, and, and do our art and open up our building just to let people come in and hang out and have some music playing and, and, uh, and do like, a, like our own little redneck First Fridays thing down in, down in Wellsville. And, uh, and if we can make our space, you know, aesthetically pleasing, make it a cool place to hang out, I don't see why we couldn't do that. And we've got some of the best cooks in the world, you know, going to our church. There's no reason why we couldn't put on um, community, you know, gatherings like that where we throw out a bunch of appetizers and let people come through and hang out and, and let our church be a space more than just a church. Um, I also had a conversation with... Uh, with Casey, uh, the, our banker down there, and, and uh, he found out that we went to um, the homeless shelter on Christmas and served dinner, and he asked if we were into that kind of thing, and I was like, oh, absolutely. He's like, oh, my gosh, we used to have community meals here, and they just kind of died, you know, around the holidays and stuff, and these kind of big events, and nobody does them anymore. It would be awesome if, if your church did them. You guys put in a good kitchen? And I just kind of laughed. <clears throat> I was like, that was, that's like been one of the... You know, Dale was like, I will leave if we don't put in a good kitchen. And uh, I keep teasing Dale about the kitchen. But, but we knew from day one that, you know, you can't be open table community church and have like a little microwave in the corner and call that good. You know, that we were, that, that putting on meals and putting on things for the community is part of our vision, is part of what we want to do um, down there. So we're building our space for that. That's part of our why, is to be a community in the community, to be a, a real presence and a real Blessing, where the church knows us as more than just the church that is always begging people to come. That that we can put on an event for the church and not say, "Hey, we'd love to see you on Sunday." And, and you know, not that that's a bad thing. We do want to see him on Sunday, but to actually be a a church that's trying to be a positive presence in the community, just for that sake, just trying to serve and do good. We've got a lot of kids stuff planned. Um, we'd love to, you know, our, our basement has the side entrance coming into it, into our kids' space. It'd be perfect for like fifth quarters after football and basketball games. Open it up for a couple hours after a, a home game. Let the kids come hang out, play some music, put out some snacks and sodas. Super easy draw for kids. We used to do those years ago, and they're always effective. We're looking forward to, to having our own space where we can get kids in the space. Um, obviously, if you've been down there, you know we have a 
gorgeous big yard thing, kids fests, ultimate frisbee games, like all kinds of potential. It's a good big flat yard that you can do about any kind of outdoor thing you could ever want to do um, with the kids. Things like Easter egg hunts and and uh, anything we can dream of for kids, that yard is perfect for it. And we're off the main drag just enough that you can just let them run and we're not worried about, you know, them getting out in traffic or anything. So it's a ideal location for reaching out and doing stuff for kids. We also want to get out of our space and get out into the community. In, in a town like Wellsville, home football games are about the only real entertainment there ever is. And so 100% of the town goes to football games. And so you throw up a... You throw up a grill in the parking lot and give away free dogs and burgers, and almost 100% of the town knows you exist. You know, it's super easy to, to reach out and, and, and do a little tailgating and, and meet people um, on stuff like that. I was talking to the nursing home, and they have a rotation of people that come through and, <clears throat> and do stuff, and they're super excited for us to get down and, and, and outreach and help out in the nursing home, which should, is a great opportunity. We've had people throw out things like free garage sales, um, which the Stevensons have done in a lot of locations, and they're anxious for a spot to do that. Um, and the elementary school is is big, first of all. For the size of the town, the elementary school is is huge. They're scrambling for space down there, and, and it's super easy to uh, to reach out to and, to and to do stuff to help and bless the elementary school. So we're really excited about getting an opportunity both with our space and from our space, to reach out to the community. Edgerton is, is a tough community to, to reach out to because all the sports, all the schools, all the everything are in Gardner. And so it's kind of a, a, a town that you sleep in and then everybody leaves for work and leaves for school and, and leaves. And it makes it a little tougher to reach out to. And Wellsville is a little bit different. So we're excited to kind of set up camp and have our own spot in a, in a community that seems ready for that and seems like they need uh, a church to reach out for that. So our goal is to get in, get established, start reaching out to the community basically immediately. There's so many easy, short, relatively cheap things we can do to, to be a presence in that community that we're excited to do. And hopefully we very quickly start to see some growth because our goal is never... We, we have this funny tension where... We have no desire to be a megachurch. We've never desired to be a megachurch. We want to be a community of people. If anything, we've always, most of the people who kind of joined in the vision of Open Table Community Church in the very beginning were people who knew the greatest growth they'd ever seen in their Christian life was in a small group. And so we were trying to find a way to do amazing small group as church or amazing church as small group to, to do something that was... Uh, Real people really in each other's lives, like a small group is, while at the same time being a church and impacting the community and being able to be a presence to more than just your small group. That's the only downside of a small group is usually they just affect their small group. It's not usually quite big enough to do a lot of outreach kind of things and and to be a blessing out in the community. And so the experiment of Open Table Community Church has always been how do we... How do we do something bigger as small? Because we, we know the relationship is what's important. We know the being in each other's lives and being connected is what's important. And yet, everybody wants to grow. Like it, it's not like we're going to hit a point and go, okay, no more growth. Like it's, that's it. We're full. This is comfortable. Any bigger and we might start losing community. So everybody else has to stay out. Like You never want to do that. You always want to have your doors open. And so from day one, we've been dreaming about church planting. 
that our vision has always been to be more than just one open table community church. Our hopes would be that we would be a bunch of small churches that, you know, if you could grow your church to 300 people, you know, 350 people, you could easily take 100 people and and plant another church in another small community that you could impact because 200 is a great size church for us. That's that's about what we're looking for, tight community, you know, in a small group. And and so the beauty of what we're kind of hoping to do is to to create a church and, and grow a church. And then immediately, almost from day one, when we're still pretty small, start thinking about what's the next community we want to impact. Like, and, and this, the beautiful thing about our building right now is in one service, you could maybe squeeze in 200 people. And that's about it. You know, if you want to just, if you want to stay at one service. And so by the time you're going to two services, we have to be not only thinking about is it Baldwin? Is Baldwin next? Is Spring Hill next? Is Paola next? Is Ottawa next? Is coming back and looking for a space in Edgerton next? Is DeSoto next? Like, where do we want to plant somebody else? But that also means we have to have somebody that we're discipling and bringing up. We have to take discipleship very seriously because we have to know who's, who's going to campus pastor, who's going to pastor our next church. Because if we start growing and we start getting close to 200, 300 people, we know that's all we got. Like, we're not going to build a big mega church down there and, and, and keep trying to fill it and bigger, stronger, faster. That's never been our vision. Our, our vision would be to, to multiply and do what we're doing again. And so, built into our vision is almost immediately, you know, once we're established in Wellsville, we're reaching out, we're blessing the community, looking at what community's next. Like, where do we go next? And it's, and it's in our talks and our prayer, and we're doing demographics and other communities. Who else needs a church? And who else needs community and, and outreach and, and, and the, just the power of God to come in? And so uh, that means we'll have to be discipling, raising people up, and, and who is, who's growing and, and starting to feel that call to leadership. Um, we would love to. I mean, I think it would be beautiful. I'm, I'm not a big fan, um, as photogenic as I am, I'm not a big fan of the video campus, you know, thing where you've got one campus and then videos everywhere else. I just just have a hard time engaging with a video. I know it's the new thing, but I would love to see a, you know, a pastor preaching at each location and them having their own thing. And you can even have central officing. I mean, if you're having to use a temporary space somewhere else, we've got an open table building. People can come back and study their office there. I mean, I think it'd be great. My forte is, is theology. I love Going deep, I love studying the history and the and the literature of scripture and and I would and, you know but not every pastor has to do that. It'd be a perfect situation if we had pastors that were pastoring other open tables in small communities, and we could get together and study together and 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 we don't have to have five you know theologians who who go that bent if they're if they're bent towards you know loving on people and building community, you know we can disciple them through the rest and that's the super exciting piece and so. Our hopes are, are to, you know, not to mention, then you, you know, one of the frustrating things about mega churches is you still only need one piano player. I mean, I guess some of them have like four now, but they all just sit next to each other and play the same thing. I, but when you have 2,000 people, you probably have 20 great piano players in there and 35 guitar players and, you know, all that talent and all that gifts, you know, you could spread out and take them into different communities and worship teams in each small little location rather than you know, cramming it into where only the best who pass the tryout get to, you know, get to 
onto the big stage. I went to a church. That's what they called the Sunday morning like worship thing. You could lead worship in kids ministry. You could lead worship in youth. And then you tried out for the big stage. That's what you were hoping for. It doesn't seem right. It seems like we're here to worship together as a community. And, and there's a, a lot of gifts and a lot of opportunity. And it feels like a lot of smaller communities gives people that opportunity to use their gifts that they may not get to use in some big environment where, um, you know, we're really 3,500 people. You still only have one guy preaching the sermon. There's probably 50 qualified preachers sitting in that crowd and only one guy's using his gift in that moment. And I don't think that's right. I think we can do better than that. And so uh, it also has the benefit of some things where size is a little better, like youth group. Sometimes it's hard to have youth group with four kids. And so when you do have multiple, you know, venues of open table community church, the the youth group can still get together and be one youth group. And you can still have, you know, 40 or 50 kids that get together, which makes it feel a little more dynamic to the kids, which is exciting. So the main reason uh, we're shooting for small is is not because we're against growth. That's not the, with 64% of Wellsville, not considering themselves to be Christian, my goodness, we hope to reach a lot of people for Christ. You know, like, it would not take much to fill and overfill you know, a 200-seat auditorium with 64% of the people that need to know Jesus. Like, absolutely, we hope to grow. We hope to you know, and not transfer growth, not take from other churches, but, but grab people who are, you know, I hope they walk in cussing and spitting and chewing and, you know, and we'll sick Judy on them and straighten them out. But no, <laughs> no, we'll uh, like, of course, we want unsaved people. We want a lot of unsaved people that that don't know Jesus to come in and and hopefully we grow to the point where there's no more room and we have to start looking where to next. Like, where do we go next? Because our our main vision is, is what we call missional impact. Anybody know what missional ecclesiology is? It's. It's what we've gotten away from a little bit with the big mega churches. The big, the big mega draw is basically saying, I'm going to create this giant monolith and invite everyone to come to me. And missional churching is, church is saying, no, it's our job to go to them. Our job is not to, to set up a gigantic base camp and, and hope that we can get the entire metro area to come to us. And because when you do that, you start creating... Uh, lures like whatever you can to draw them you start you know doing what you can to look like the world and to to you know be uh to be a magnet that draws people in and and it's really easy to get away from who you are as a people when when your whole goal is to to almost bait and switch people do whatever you can to get people in the doors and you know to draw missional ecclesiology says we are the church and and we gather to get strengthened, built up, and encouraged by one another and to, and to get empowered. And then we go out to do ministry. We go out into the community. We go out to love on people and bless people. It's, it's, it's believing that the majority of the ministry doesn't happen right here in these walls. The majority of the ministry happens out there. And we want to have a real impact on the community. We want to go out in the community and do good. It basically means becoming a community within a community. So our hopes are, you know, that Open Table Wellsville would look like Wellsville and cheer for Wellsville sports and and impact and be part of Wellsville. And then 
Wellsville payola would be part of payola and in payola and root for payola sports and have payola people and Wellsville Spring Hill would be that and Wellsville DeSoto would root for DeSoto sports and I mean I I think it'd be hilarious if you had a Wells or an open table community church on both sides of a football field cheering against each other. I think that'd be awesome because we're we're impacting our community and trying to be part of our community and in our community, not just trying to create a big draw. Multiple churches committed to staying small enough that real community is possible while still being committed to reaching out beyond their own walls into the community in a real presence to be the real light of God. That's our hopes. That's what we're hoping to do. And obviously from here we're hoping next week we're going to be a little more casual. We're going to have some of the design boards that Esther and Joy and and, uh, (coughs) Steph have been putting together and we're going to have them out where you can kind of look at them. We have Dale's prints out and some... some, uh, his 3D model and, and look at some of the stuff that we're hoping to do. And, and I'd also love to brainstorm a little bit because obviously these are our ideas, like just us sitting around, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be cool if. You, you guys probably have a thousand more cool ideas of how we can reach out to Wellsville and reach out to small communities and, and, uh, and impact where we're going. Does this stuff make sense to people? This, am I way off base? Because this is kind of an experiment. I've never really seen this. Like I've never really... Uh, you know, I'm not following anybody else's direction here. It's just I've spent the majority of my adult life loving small group. And, and I've helped plant several churches. And they're always amazing and connected when they're small. And you always feel that weird tension of it's exciting to see it grow. While at the same time knowing you're starting to lose something. You're starting to get less and less connected. And it has that pain of... it has that. It's a weird tension. It's a weird like... You know, everybody's like, we had 700 people today. And everybody's like, yeah. And everybody's excited. And at the same time, in the back of your mind, you know, it's not what it used to be. Remember back in the old days when we did that first thing and like 100% people came up and we were all tired afterwards. Like, so there, we've spent the majority of our adult life wrestling with that. Like, how do you, how do you embrace the excitement of trying to grow, of trying to get new people, of trying to get people who don't know Jesus to know Jesus? And how do you, how do you do that with, while still embracing what we know to be powerful, which is a small group of people doing life together and believing God together. And, and this is what we came up with. And that's what, this is the experiment that Open Table is, is to be a, a small community of believers who are committed to doing life together and being faithful to one another, doing everything they can to reach out into a community and, and then multiply that idea in other communities. So how do we respond to this? Our why is set. We're trying to build a kingdom community. We want to be a people who do this crazy kingdom life together. Everything we do will move toward that end of building community, of being in community together. How we do this is by trusting the process of worshiping together, studying together, doing the sacraments together, and faithfully doing life together. And that if we commit to doing those things, we believe we will build real kingdom community. Knowing why we are doing what we are doing and how we believe this is going to happen, the what's can be endless. What we do can be endless. We can do a million things to move toward that destination. I've shared maybe the tip of the iceberg, but I'm sure we have a hundred things we haven't dreamed up yet.
But this is what I'm asking all of us to give toward. This is what we're praying about for the 10th. This vision, this, this experiment of being a kingdom community together. On the 10th, we're going to have that special service where we're going to do some worship, read through some of our scriptures that we've already read, and then look at Dale's amazing prints and things we've, we've put together and, and pray together. We're going to pray over our manna next week again, and we're going to pray that God will speak to us. And then we're just going to pray that we obey. And if God's like, this isn't your moment, this isn't your time, then obey that. I'm not, I, I'm not pressuring anybody. I don't want to hard sell anybody. I just want us to be the kind of people that, that go to God with what we have and say, God, you know everything I have, everything I don't have. It's all yours. What do you want me to do with it? Like, and, and that is that process alone. And if you don't feel God tell you to do anything, then that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But be honest with that process. Be honest with the process. There's, it is so super healthy to go, I don't feel like I have anything, but God, what I do have is yours. Like, that is, there's nothing more healthy than that, than bringing what you have to Him. It's like that, that widow's might, you know, just giving what you do have. And it, it may not make much of a dent in the, on paper, but there's something so crazy healthy about what happens in your heart when you do go to Him and say, whatever, Whatever I have is yours, God. How do you want me to steward it? So tonight as we go to the table, I guess the way I would hope for us to respond to this would be to ask you just to dream. Look beyond where we are and imagine what God might want to take us to. Where He might be pulling Open Table Community Church. I had a long talk with my kids this weekend at it's crazy, you know, I've read so many books on, on church plants and, and they'll say, you know, man, we, this door closed and we got around and prayed and the next day the doors blew open and blah, blah. And it always sounds amazing when I read it. And we've had that happen like 20 times in the life of this church and it usually feels like Tuesday. Like, it, like we sit there and like, oh my gosh, that actually worked. That's amazing. I can't believe God did that. Like, like, we started praying that God would send us a children's pastor. Like, like God, just, you know, we, we need these people. We've got people who are feeling called to other areas that they can't really dive into because they're, they're you know, helping out in kids' ministry. We, we just really need this position filled, God. And, and, uh, and two weeks later, Josh, you know, on a whim, asked somebody for a full-time job and a raise, and the guy gives it to him, and... Josh couldn't be more excited to do it. And those, there's, there's 20 or 30 of those miracles um, in, in our story. You know, when we couldn't find a place to meet and on a whim, I called up the pastor of the Methodist church and, and he, he kind of laughed at me the first time I, I called and he was like, that's a bit unconventional. <laughs> I was like, I know, I'm just, you know, thought I'd ask. And, uh, and he asked his board they had a meeting and we still stand as the only unanimous vote they've ever had they split everything 50 50 almost and whoever that one person is that flip-flops is i'm sure hated but uh (laughs) most of their votes are 51 49 you know and uh we're the only unanimous vote they've ever taken was to share their space with us and it's been an awesome relationship but there's story after story after story of just these subtle ways God has provided for us and opened doors and done things and
And I know if we wrote them in a book, they would sound as big as all the miracles that I read when I read other books. But to us, it feels like, awesome, now what? Like, what's next? What's next on the list? Where do we go now? That was amazing. God did that. Let's, let's move on. What's next? And so I know he's going to do it again. And I'm excited um, about getting into Wellsville and finding out what the next move is. And I'm excited about, you know, hopefully we can breathe for a few minutes, but I'm excited to pretty quickly start looking at the next space and figuring out who's, who's going to plant that one, who's going to go do that, and who are we going to, you know, be raising up to, to plant again down the road. Um, I'm, I plan on staying put, but I, that gives me the challenge of discipling others and bringing other people up and, and figuring out who, who gets planted next and, and what do we do to get them in a small community somewhere. And I love the fact that at this size, there's a lot of venues available. You know, we're not looking for, for a space in a small town that holds 800 people. You know, we don't have to build and spend money and, and waste resources building, you know, big giant mega churches. You can, you know, we can cram an open table community church into a storefront or into a, you know, small old abandoned building. Like we can, we can be a presence in the community when we're committed to doing life together. You know, we can be a presence in the community with, with a relatively small group of people. And it's, that makes it pretty exciting to me to, to start reaching some of these towns. And then once, you know, once we saturate the, out here, we go into the city and we go neighborhood by neighborhood. You know, I, I hope there's a 10,000 open table community churches spread all over, you know, the Kansas City area. That'd be amazing someday, you know. But, uh, but our goal is to grow and to never be mega. I don't know how else you do that other than to continually plant small communities. So tonight, just dream. Picture the teens that need a place to belong, that need something bigger than themselves. Picture the moms that need support. Picture the people who have been stung by church in the past and walked away. Picture the lost and lonely. We need to always be dreaming of how God wants Open Table Community Church to be there for those people. That's who we want to be. So as we gather around the table and sing this last song, pray that God will help us to have the faith to dream that dream and make it a reality.